What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the kingdom. As always, my name is Drums, and I'm joined by the brothers behind King Golf, Regan and Jordan Henley. First up on the tee, we've got Reg. What's going on, man? Drums, not much, man. Uh, pretty exciting weekend coming up here. We got the uh, Gary Brandon tournament, which is a uh, two-man best ball tournament. I'm playing with my good buddy, Ted Fox. He's Same. coming down from Flin Flon. And uh, we haven't played together for about 12 years, so it's uh, pretty exciting times around here. Nice. Beauty. That's always a good tournament. Unreal. Jor, how are you? Top of the evening to you, boys. Are you playing in that uh, tournament, too? No, I'm grounded. <clears throat> You're grounded? <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of. I had a couple, couple golf weekends there back-to-back, and... I tried testing my luck for a third and got shut down. So I'll be hanging around here, cutting some grass, organizing <laughs> the house. You know, you know how it is. Winter prep. Drums are still freezing. It's too bad that didn't match up. It's too bad that didn't match up this past weekend. You could have watched the golf all weekend. I know. We're having a bit of technical difficulties here. So if you hear a bit of lags, uh, we've we've been trying to restart this a couple of times. So. Um, but other than that, drummy, I would say all's good here. I always we spend so much time preparing our segments and our questions and our uh, other stuff we got going on that I actually forget what's going on with my own life. So it's uh, that's the hardest question of the night. But uh, all's good here. What's going on with you? Perfect. Uh, not much. Same boat as you. I'm uh, starting to do the winter prep, so getting shit put away in the yard and finishing cutting grass, all that fun stuff. I haven't been golfing in yep. like two weeks, so I don't have much for my own game for input. Hmm. Yeah, I went out last night for the first time since uh, the Agassiz Cup, which was last weekend, so it's nice to get out. Uh, trouble is, I mean, we finished nine holes and it's almost dark, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the weather's good enough. Hole, it just rounds going on. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Unreal. Seems like the courses are packed right now, too. I. Tried getting a T-Tem on Thursday, and they had nothing between 3 p.m. and 5.50 p.m., so I'm oh, hooked. We finished, we finished nine holes last night, and uh, well, me and East were both golfing pretty good. So she, uh, for the first time ever, she said, wow, I'm having a ton of fun right now. I wish we could just keep golfing. But, of course, we were out of daylight, and I kind of want to get back to the uh, Dolphin King. Shout out to our Uncle Doug. He's got a heck of a team coming up here for the MJHL season, so I, I went and watched the uh, preseason game for that against uh, Swan. And the Kings, I think, won 6-1, to one, so suck it, everybody from Swan. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a majority of our listeners. It was a, a rookie game, all 15-year-olds. <laughs> what was the setup like in the rink? Uh, you just can't stand up, and you got to wear your mask until you sit down, and Dolphin's going to be very fortunate compared to uh, most other places, just with it being such a big rink for junior hockey as it is that uh, I think they can get about seven or 800 people in there. And I think I heard word the other day that Swan can maybe have 150 to 200. So it's a pretty big difference. Shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy because that's such a big part of their income, right? Is is always going to be huge. Your attendance and shit. Walk up attendance. 
What do we got tonight, boys? We got some. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Tigers match today. We got a bit of uh, social media stuff. We got a bit of Bryce and some U.S. Open. And then we're going to do a few more of our overrated or underrated segment. And then we'll get into our usual stuff. We got some questions tonight, too. So looking forward to getting back into that, picking your guys' brains. And hopefully things hold up here for us. Hey, George, first on the off, on the, here? Uh, yeah, go ahead. on the U.S. Open, U.S. Open talk, congrats on uh, the victory. That was our, our first ever bet, and uh, you got a, a big whopping $20 pot from us. So uh, I'm sure the uh, listeners won't be too excited that uh, the next competition is only worth 30 bucks to them, but it is yeah. what it is. Congrats. That was a good pick, George. Thank you. And just to kind of reiterate on that, we're going to put in $10 each per tournament for 21 tournaments in the next year. And every week we're going to have one of our listeners or uh, Twitter buddies on there or whoever. And uh, you just got to send us a message. We're not doing one this week, are we, Rigo? Because there's no tournament, right? No. So you still got time if you want to get in for the next tournament. The keyword is flying monkeys from last episode. We've had uh, several people uh send us a message on there. So we we're going to draw at random and then they're going to have a chance to pick first overall. And then we're going to pick one each. And then uh, every week that it doesn't get one, it keeps carrying over. So that's that. I was the first to win and not going to lie. It, it uh, felt pretty good. It uh, we had a little bit of money on them on the internet as well. So after a long weekend and a bit of a hangover, it was a nice Sunday for us. So, it was impressive to watch that guy. Holy cow. I Actually, before we get into anything else, I will say that I, I said that uh, his mental game I thought was weak. And watching him and his, his uh, ability to kind of talk himself through every situation and every shot and, and really stay in the moment as best anybody could, I think I was so impressed watching him. He can drive and putt and whatever else, but the part that I thought was going to be his weakest I think was actually his strongest part of the game. They said at that one point that he actually uh, – I, I don't know if, it, if he made a birdie putt or if he just missed one. I think it was a, he made it, and he was kind of excited. He picked the ball out of the cup, and he was, he was walking really fast off the green. And then they said that they could actually see it on camera that he caught himself getting too excited and too caught up in the moment. Yeah. And, it, like, he just immediately started – he slowed right down and walked slower off the green. And, that, I mean, whatever works, man, like – he was unflappable on the weekend, like all the way through. It was, it was impressive to watch, man. While other guys were crumbling, he kind of just stayed in it. It was, it was awesome to see. It's, it's nuts. I don't yeah, think I've ever, I don't think I've really like paid that much attention to him in like any other tournaments. And this one, you didn't have a choice, right? Like you were so, it was so focused on him. And like, you have to have mad respect for that guy. He decided he was going to change everything about him, his being to try to better himself yeah. on the golf course. And then now he's succeeded at it. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely nuts to see. Now I was listening to, to another podcast yeah. Uh, yeah. yesterday and it was like, he's, he's literally taken everything that has been given to him opportunity wise and taken it to the absolute max in order to be the absolute best golfer that there is. 
right? Like he he studies everything like crazy. He's bulked up as much as he can. Like he's done everything within the rules to better himself, and now he's just succeeding. Yeah. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. It is cool to see. And I don't know. No, you you have to. I don't know. I just I just like watching him. He had a six stroke stroke lead, and you can just tell that when he when he sunk that last putt and he put his hands in the air that it meant so much to him and just like you can tell what things mean to guys and he's been written off by a lot of people and and obviously criticized and made fun of and stuff like that and it, it I don't know bullying is a strong word but he seems like he gets bullied on the tour and and it was it was amazing to see him win yeah he kind of I, stuck, I guess, stuck it up like when I was ass, watching right? it yeah, mm-hmm. oh, big time, yeah. I'm actually, uh, it's, there's some guys on tour that aren't liked, and there's reason for it. And, I mean, yeah, he's he plays a little slow and he takes his time, but, I mean, lots of those guys do, but he wasn't that liked to begin with. So then when you start doing stuff like that when you're not liked, I feel like it just makes mm-hmm. everybody dislike you that much more. Plus, it's what we're talking about a lot these days in the media. I, I honestly believe the media had way more to do with it to make people not like him than actually his actions did. Like, I feel like the media portrayed him as this loser that the scientific guy, like you said, got bullied and like they wanted everybody to hate him because he was kind of going against what the traditional game of golf was. Mm -hmm. And now basically like he can just shove it up. Like you said, kept his ass, but everybody's ass. Like everybody says his method of his wedges and his everything else, everything that he did, everybody shit on him for yeah, and now he's like a U.S. Open champion, and now like you, Jory, you had an interesting tweet that said, like all the all the golf broadcasters and analysts are now on his side and and pumping and tires why he won the tournament. Like nobody said that before the tournament. No, nobody. Everybody, no, everybody was so. Everybody was questioning if this was the smart play. Like, who cares if you can hit it three hundred eighty yards if you can't chip and putt and everything yeah. else? So, mm-hmm. except yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah, bullying bullying's a, a strong word, but I, I do believe just watching those interviews and they still the golf channel and CBS shows those interviews of Brooks making fun of them and stuff like that. And that's a that's a form of bullying. It's bullying them in front of the whole golf world, really. But uh yeah, I mean ever since he's won there's been a whole bunch of cool stories that have come out about him. Like he missed the first he in the first fourteen tournaments he played on the PGA, he missed all fourteen cuts. And actually, the reason he came to find out the one-length clubs is he was going through uh, Augusta National, the clubhouse there, and he noticed um, Bobby Jones's clubs were all cut the same, and nobody else noticed that before. I mean, there's enough really? books and stuff and everything written on Bobby Jones, but all his clubs were the same length. You know what I was thinking? Oh. Just quick on that, uh, what Brooke said. I I don't know. Maybe I just didn't see it or maybe it, it happened and, and whatever it just wasn't made a big deal of but like you saw all the, the headlines of Brooks saying what he said in the media did Deshambo even say anything back to any of that I don't think he did I don't think so either if like, did, did he have any rebuttal it. or did he just kind of ignore it he was probably at the range <laughs> like that's I don't know I, I like that I really do yeah it's almost more of a, a fuck you back to him yeah, like I'm not even good. Young. Take your media attention. I'll just yeah. kick the shit out of you. 
<laughs> well, you're at home on the couch. Exactly. I don't know. I still like Kepka, yeah. but I like him a little okay. less now. Well, yeah, I definitely like to... Bryson more now. Yeah. I think a lot of people do now. And it is, it's part of the media's job is to, you know, they probably knew all this stuff before, but as soon as someone wins then they seem to show them in a different kind of light. So, and it's, that's what they do. They just portray people how they want them to be portrayed in my opinion anyway. But um, there was, there was a few other things that happened on the weekend. Rigo picked uh, Xander. He was top 10 drums picked um, Finau. He was top 10. So we kind of look, like we know what we're doing. I don't think that's going to be sustainable, but. Man, Shoffley was uh, great there with, until both those guys eagle number nine. Yeah. He was three back. And Rigo has been talking about Taylor Pendrith for a while, and he had a hell of a finish too there. Second lowest round on Sunday. Yeah, that's wild. Behind so Bryson. Pretty impressive. And it was pretty cool to see uh, Ingram there. He was on all sorts of social media just posting pictures. And like we said before, like pictures of that course do it a lot more justice than the video that you're watching. Like the, some of those greens, man. Oh my god! How about that putt on Thursday? Uh, was it Zach Johnson? Yeah. Did you see that putt? Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, there were some crazy putts. Oh. My mm. favorite putt of the whole weekend was your boy there, Rigo. Rory. Yeah. Seventeen when he got, when he got stuck <laughs> up on top of that hill. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard of his name in probably like 15 years. Oh, he competes, man. He's a good player. <laughs> tries hard. I, I'm a stunt double of his on Twitter. So so he was looking, if the hole was north, he was looking past east. Yeah, he was looking southeast. He, he hit a straight putt and it stayed straight and didn't go down the hill at all. So then he had that straight downhill putt on the next one. <laughs> Uh, I could. Well, I watched that video about twenty times. There was another crazy shot on the weekend. Uh, I forget who it was. Hit the flag, like hit a really nice shot, and it hit the flag and went twenty-eight yards behind where he was. And then he made up what? and down after that. Actually, was it that English? No, it was. It was. Uh, it was a European. Or yeah, I remember seeing that really quickly though. Hmm. God, it was wild. Speaking of that Our English, show. I love that guy's swing. Our show. <laughs> Our show. Bring the material. Don't bring it. Hey, I will say one thing, too. That Will Z- Z- Torres, the guy that's lighting up the Corn Ferry Tour that Monday Q guy always pumps up. Oh, yeah. He had the hole-in-one there on seven, and then he hit the flag Dead on on 13. Yeah, I saw like, that too. Dead on. And that would have been the first time in U.S. Open history I got two hole-in-ones in the same round. But yeah, that course that course seemed to be made for social media. Yeah, it was sweet. Rigo, do you want to quickly touch on uh, our video today? Yeah, we had a uh, video go – well, I, I guess it's what I the kids are calling – what the kids are calling viral. Uh, we've had, uh, is it, it's around 450,000 uh, views on TikTok. Damn. It's a video of, uh, of the Ironman tournament. It's a uh, local tournament, the Gilbert Plains Golf Course, where it's basically, you could call it the groundskeeper's revenge or the greenskeeper's yep. revenge, not, not uh, Willie, 
but the greenskeeper. <laughs> um, so basically what it is, they cut the holes in crazy spots and shave the green right down. So the video that George posted on TikTok there was uh, on number 16. They shave it right down. So if you're anywhere past the hole, actually just anywhere in general, and you miss the putt, it basically rolls 100 or, or 70 yards down the hill. So you got to hit the hole or else it's gone. And uh, it's it's uh, going viral, as we were saying. It's it's pretty crazy. The power of social media. Yeah, we had – it was Jaron, Jaron Kyle who hit the putt. And uh, – Mike Sparrow that took the video. Uh, we were playing the tournament, but um, do you remember that putt that we made from the fringe, that same hole, a couple years ago? That was a couple before? years ago with Lance and Dregs. Yeah, that was mental. We, we birdied that hole. Nuts. And, yeah, and we won Some the tournament. Some teams took like 12s and we made a birdie on that hole. But uh, yeah. Sparrow, just to like, and this actually ties into that recommendation you had, Drums, that social drama. I watched that incredible movie. Isn't that nuts? Documentary. Crazy. And terrifying this ties at the that. same time. Oh, crazy. And it, that just shows, though, like this video. Yeah. It's just a regular video, but it just took off. And, and actually, Sparrow sent me a message today and said, my video that I took is going crazy on your guys' TikTok. And he actually had a buddy that's seen it in Brandon sent him the video and said, do you know the guys in this video? And Sparrow looked at it and he's like, I took that video. Like, <laughs> I don't know those guys. That's my video. Like, So we got some big copyright issues coming at us here with uh, Sparrow. But yeah, we'll, it was pretty uh, cool. It was, was awesome. Uh, it, it just really took off and it's kind of, I don't know how some of those celebrities and stuff do it. I guess they don't even look at their phone, but uh, the last every half hour I check my phone there's 40 new notifications on and it's just bananas and um desire golf uh featured it on their page today and it's just I don't know I said I said to Rigo once it started kind of taking off I said I bet one of those big golf accounts are gonna are gonna steal this or take it from us but they gave us a credit and uh it's pretty cool I mean it's not gonna be life-changing for us at all it's the vi the viral videos and stuff are just kind of like a five-minute fame and that's about it but I mean, if you have a few of those, and that's how you do it, it's, it's consistently in in the long term. So it was cool, though. Filmed another pretty cool one last night, so stay tuned for that one coming soon. Right, cliffhanger. What else do we have here, boys? Shout out to Cockerel, another top twenty-five for the for the kid. Really doing it on the European tour. Super jealous of every time that he posts an Instagram story on Monday featuring the place he's staying at that week. He is in mm -hmm. Ireland now at the Irish Open. And wow. Oh, is he? Yeah. It's Where is that? Nuts. What's I, I don't what know course, what part. You know? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. You can keep did, talking. I got, did they have crazy weather again at this one? I thought I saw a video and it was... That was, that was his thing. video. Yeah. Yeah, it was his video. But was it from this weekend? No, that was last weekend. Oh, yeah. Then he goes and fires a 64 the next day. All right. <laughs> Galgorn Castle. Never heard of it. It's a mini golf course inside the castle. Oh. <laughs> Just a stupid thing to say. Can you edit that out, <laughs> drums? That's not funny. <laughs> okay, let's get into the uh, over-unders here. Should we touch briefly on um, Tiger's thing today? Yeah, it was. Regal, it was you super watched the most cool. of it, so don't ruin anything for us. I got it taped. 
I, I don't know that I would have uh, had Justin Rose in there personally. Um, I never have been a big fan, I guess, but yeah, that seemed like an odd nice, pick. Nice guy, no JT, whatever. Him and Tiger Bros. So it was kind of cool with them. But I, I, I guess the the whole theme of it was U.S. versus Europe. So I, I don't know who else they would have had as a European. Um, Anybody? Yeah, Rose. He seems like a nice guy, though. He just seems like one of those guys that everybody likes and gets along with. He didn't bring much for entertainment value. He's absolute double-cross on the third <laughs> hole, like like 50 yards, 60 yards out of bounds. I saw that. JT said after he hit it, he said that's probably 150 yards left to where he wanted that to end up. <laughs> He's chirping he at Eddie Pepperell. Yeah, he is. Yeah, they should have had Peps. He probably uh, would have chirped Tiger, though. And Tiger, Tiger wouldn't <laughs> want anyone there that's chirping him. So JT was chirping him. Yeah, but they're like pros. Uh, Jake yeah, kick rocks. I'm actually starting to like him more, to be honest. I got no issue with him. Anyways, that's a different story. Oh, one more, into... one more. Wait, wait, wait. One more key part of the U.S. Open. How good was it to watch Patrick Reed in the final group absolutely <laughs> implode? Absolutely. Like, what did he shoot? Seventy-seven. Person that was upset with that. Yeah, he's eight over on the back man. Man, that was exciting. Like, especially because we had money on Bryson, and then you see Reed just absolutely explode. It was just like the perfect. Nobody likes that guy. And then he was seventy four on Sunday too. I don't hate him. I don't hate Reed. Oh, I don't. You don't hate Reed? Oh, okay. I don't hate him. Let's let's go into something else. That guy's a loser. Yeah, speaking of kick rocks, he can too. Yeah, that's right. What kind of beer you got tonight, Rigo? I got original 16. Some leftovers. Uh, I'm going back to the uh, Strathclair Blues dressing room in the basement. Bob Lights. <laughs> Drums, you back on the sauce yet? Little vino. Oh, I should have wine tonight. Wine in a Toronto Maple Leafs glass. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like you drinking canned Caesar at home drums. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look like an absolute there. degenerate on these things. <laughs> hey, I'm serious here. Let's get into this segment. <laughs> we're running out of time. Our show. Okay, uh, once again, we're gonna do our overrated or underrated segment here. Uh, we keep getting really good feedback on Instagram on it, and we're getting tons of good suggestions for it so we're going to go through uh four different ones from uh some of our instagram friends tonight i'll kick her off with uh the alignment marking on a ball for for putting which is uh brought to you by colton easton so that's basically putting a straight line on your golf ball and hoping that it helps your putting stroke rigo you do this so you start I would say it depends on whether or not your putter has a line in the middle. Because if you don't have anything to line that line up with, I feel like it's irrelevant. Like does if it you also, just had, what's that? Does it also matter if your stroke isn't straight through, straight forward, or straight back, straight forward? I, it's very big for mental, I think. I don't know. Like, but I, I also know a couple other guys who like Scotty McCollum. If he, if his 
line is on line with his putter and on the ball. Like he makes it like 20 times out of 20. Mm. Is that short or medium or what? Like Like, putts? Yeah. All types. But like I'm talking 10 10 feet and if he gets the line right, he makes the putt. Yeah, because some guys only do it if it's short putts, right? And that kind of makes more sense to me. Yeah. And then, and then he'll say to me, like, if we're playing in a scramble or something together, like, he's like, your line's a little off. And in my head, like, I, it's probably just, I like a color, a different color on the ball. And I, I like to have something mental to line up to, but it's not going to determine whether or not I make the putt. So I would say it's on par for me. I'll say par as well. I think, um, for me, it's just purely mental too. Like, there's no actual, fact that I'm hitting it straighter or, or even on the actual line. It just, it gives me a, a routine to get into just before hitting the putt and whatnot. And I don't know, just visually, it's always comforting for me to, to see a line at least to, to where I'm attempting to aim. I don't always hit it there, but I'm attempting to aim it somewhere. So you like it as part of your routine and to get it started on the right line? Yeah, and like I said, like I don't use Pro V's either, so I don't like go to the what do you call it, like the seam and make yeah make the line. Like as long as there's a line on the ball, I'll still just line it up with that. It doesn't mm. have to be on the seam. So you guys both use it then? Yeah, it's actually just part of my routine. Like on the first tee, I pull out that little line drawer and draw the line on there. I I shouldn't say it's. Yeah, I'm gonna say part because I. I don't know how much it actually does, but it does lots for my mental game, for sure. I'd say for me, I'm going to go with overrated, but I have changed a little bit in my putting stroke lately that it might actually help me out. But as in the past, it just seems like something that's more of a distraction and kind of think gets me thinking too much about my stroke. Um, uh, around the greens, I'm more just like a total feel person and – like my putting stroke is rarely ever the same, which is kind of shitty to say. Um, but if I if I I just start trying too hard, if I know that there's a line there and I need to send it down that line, instead of just trying to roll it towards the hole, I just find that it's more of a mental block for me than a help. So I'm going overrated for that one. But I would like to try it maybe now. That's fair. Tromi, <clears throat> um, what do you got for us? Uh, this one came from uh, Breezer Ref. Is that what? Yep. Breezer Ref. Uh, and it's breakfast balls. Overrated or underrated? Oh, man. Go ahead, Jor. I'm going to say it was underrated. And now I think it's overrated. And I'm saying that because... You don't get mulligans in golf. I mean, yeah, it's good because you don't have a, especially on courses where you don't have a driving range, it's good to get one on the way. And I would really appreciate that because my first swing of the day is always my worst swing of the day for some reason. Like I talked to you about this, Rigo. But it's still, it's weird for me because if you're playing a match against a guy, me and Rigo, like say me and Rigo, for example, every time we're out of Ross and we play a match, and if we do breakfast balls and one of us hits it down the fairway and one re-hits it, is it still fair? Like The whole match is tainted. Two strokes. Right. It is tainted. 
So I'm going to say overrated because I, it's not part of the game, and I think that it's your own it's your own responsibility to figure your shit out. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, on par when it's with uh, a group of buddies when there's no matches going on and it's just whatever. But it's overrated when it comes to a match because I, like you were saying, so if we do it on number one, so it's the baseball number one, and then like just we're, I'm just going to use Rossman for example, and then you you don't take another tee shot like because you hit two par threes after that so your next tee shot's on number four so then like that's only the second one of the day and then so if i blast one out of bounds there and i gave jor a breakfast ball at number one so and then i don't get one on four it's kind of like well yeah i don't know it's yeah i don't know it's it's a touchy subject i guess in a match but it is what it is it's it's a game yeah i guess like Technically, by the rules, it's it's super overrated. <laughs> but like you said, I think with uh, just pissing around with buddies, I think it's on par or whatever. Unless you're playing for like big money, I don't think it, anybody's really going to care. Unless you're playing like you said a match. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, but that's also kind of like why I like Weed City because you can bomb them over the river. <laughs> uh, no, I meant like warming up, like even just no, I know there's some there's somewhere yeah. to hit a ball or two before you hit because yeah i i miss hitting like even just half bucket of balls before before playing around Mm -hmm. um i bet you when we do our instagram poll for that it is i bet you it's going to be 90 percent underrated you think so i think it's going to be overrated I think it's going to be we'll see. too. Huh. Hey, the next one comes go. from my good buddy, uh, Connor Shaw. I just, uh, one quick thing to add. I can hear Easton doing the dishes for the, uh, she's on a four game heater now, four weeks in a row. She's done something to rattle me down here, but I'm just going to let this I one think go. She so, just wants some attention. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Take that hint guy. So, uh, Ricky Fowler is, uh, Connor Shaw's over under pick. Also send out a uh, RIP to uh, Shawzy One 2.0, Connor Shaw's second car with a license plate Shawzy One on the back. Uh, just conked out on him the other day. So tough one to hear, buddy, but uh, <laughs> good luck on the third car. Uh, so Ricky Fowler, what's your guys' thoughts? Uh, before we get into that, I, I will say to Easton, uh, Easton's been helping us a lot with King Golf stuff and uh, Film and Rigo at uh, Gilbert and stuff to get some stuff for online. So thanks, Easton. Um, she doesn't listen to these anymore, so you don't have to suck. Do all, do all the dishes and all the vacuuming <laughs> you want. You're, you're good with me. Oh, boy. Drums, what do you think of Ricky? I don't know, man. Uh, this one might hurt to say, but I think I'm going to go lean towards overrated. I think just the fact that he's never won anything huge, yet he's still talked about as one of the best players, maybe not currently, but in probably the past 10 years, he's kind of always been at the top of everybody's list. But then there's the fact of uh, like all the fashion and all the kind of social media stuff that he's done. So like the effect he's had on the game, maybe not just his, his actual golf game. So I'm going to base it off actual golf game and just go a bit overrated. Yeah, so I should mention, I guess, before Jordan goes here, that Shazi did mention 
when he said Connor Shaw, or when he said Connor Shaw, when he said, <laughs> I think Connor Shaw is overrated, but when he said Ricky Fowler, uh, he did say, like, this guy has never won a major or anything big, but yet he's the face that's on all the commercials for all the different companies. So that's where he's going with that. But so I guess it kind of ties both into it. Yeah. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go on under is still for Ricky. Uh, I know that he hasn't won anything major and I don't, I, but he's, he seems like he's always been in the mix and he seems like such a nice guy. I know that he hangs out with JT and speed and I've never really liked those guys too much, but I've always liked Ricky. And, um, I think that, I mean, people put so much emphasis on winning and losing, but outside of Tiger, I think that there's nobody in the game of golf recently who has brought more kids into the game. Like if you look at the amount of kids on the sidelines and stuff like that at tournaments that are after Ricky's autograph and they're wearing all orange Puma and stuff like that. I don't know. I still, I'm going to go underrated just for that fact, because I, I he's a very likable guy and then the game needs more of that. I think. Is it Puma or Puma? Yeah. I thought of that as I said it. I'm, I always say Puma, but I, I don't know if that's what too. it actually is. What did I say? Anyways. Puma? Puma. <laughs> I think the brand is Puma. I think the it, we, animal is Puma. Actually, we've bullshitted about this on here. Yeah. Last time. We I don't matter. I had last time this last like 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we this last like forty minutes last time. We don't need to get. We've never it. had this conversation. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. We? Yeah, must have been in the lost tapes. Yeah, it was. Was it? It was when we were trying to form a podcast. But yeah, I just, I um, thought I just had wicked deja vu. No, no, it definitely happened. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say on par for Ricky. Like you said, Jor, he's done so much for the game. Uh, when I was probably in my late teens i know that every kid that i ever saw at the golf course had one of those orange hat head covers the flat and they were wearing some sort of yeah flat brimmed hat and they were wearing some sort of uh bright color and golf used to be kind of uh boring boring dress code until i like uh, i think ricky kind of changed a lot of that to where there's a lot more funkier colors now and puma did a good job changing that as well I know there's a couple guys before, but he kind of made it cool to dress like that. Yeah, like Ian Poulter and those kind of guys. Remember when we first yeah. started getting like Sligo pants and, and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. But yeah, once Ricky came, everything got yeah. so much more popular. Yeah, and I yeah I don't know. He's a, he's a really cool guy. He's really likable. Uh, I just wish it's it's tough because the same shit happened to Sergio. I mean, he didn't win a, a major until the masters a couple of years ago and he was always right there, but it's just like you get into a, uh, what he's dubbed as that guy all of a sudden. And it's just because he was so close for so long that he's dubbed that guy. Mm-hmm. There's so many guys that haven't won that have been top 20 in all the tournaments, but he was actually right there, like top five yeah. in a bunch of seconds. And he's always been right there. So that's why he gets all that pressure put on him, but he's a hell of a golfer, man. He's got an unreal swing. Like I, I like watching him, but, I would say he's right on par just because he hasn't got that elusive win other than the players, I would say. I guarantee when he wins one, there's going to be a lot of people cheering, though. Oh, yeah. Not so much for Sergio, but Ricky. 
Yeah, Sergio can kick rocks. That's the team tonight, <laughs> kicking rocks. Yeah. The last one we got here is uh, from Josh Dines. He was a good buddy of ours, living in BC, or he's from BC. He was living in Dauphin for a while. And uh, and also Steph Goodmanson asked the same question. And I was looking at Steph Goodmanson's name, and uh, I was thinking, like, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good last name. It's good man son like good last name good man man, son must have a heck of a dad yeah he must or a great 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 grandpa and their topic (laughs) is scotty cameron which i believe only makes putters correct yeah rigo you have a scotty cameron or you've had a couple what do you think yeah, I had one. <sighs> well, I, well, I got that spider now, and now that I'm actually putting good with it, uh, I would argue that Scotty Camerons are overrated. Uh, they're super cool. They're like more of a collector's item than they are actually beneficial to putting. They become mm-hmm. that anyways just with the price and everything like that. But I think when it comes to actually making putts, I think it's just whatever you get used to and whatever you find comfortable like i don't think one one brand or the other is going to help you actually make putts but their their brand is definitely on par but i think that the actual performance of the putter itself is uh overrated i'll say overrated too um i've never actually played a a full round with one but just from the hype of everybody's got to have a scotty on tour all that stuff the hype around it it can't make that much of a difference in my mind that uh so i'll just go with it that way kind of a cheap opt-out but that that's my answer uh quick shout out to regal there he had a coughing attack and muted his mic so appreciate that buddy um i'm gonna go i have a i have a few scotty camerons and i uh i'm i'm planning on getting more scotty camerons it is a collector's item and i'm a collecting kind of guy in terms of it helping the golf game, I do notice good putters compared to bad putters for sure. Um, however, it is definitely more important, whatever suits your eye the best, I think. And thanks to Eric Waters, I've kind of been looking a little bit more into the actual club fitting and and putters are actually in that realm in, in terms of where the shaft should be and the length of it and um, the weight of it and the angle of the face. So depending on what putting stroke you have, it matters. So I wouldn't say that the brand matters as much as the type of putter, I think. Mm. Um, I didn't mean like uh, it's, it's not going to help you more than a, a $20 putter from Walmart, but I'm, I'm saying like whatever. But it might not. It doesn't. Yeah. But it, like yeah, if you're a 25 handicap or even a 10 handicap, you might make as many putts during around with a Canadian tire model as a Scotty Cameron. That's just a reality of it. Right. So in terms of improving your game, probably overrated for me, but in terms of like the, a a guy who's willing to put his name on a putter and everybody has paid sick amounts of money for like something to be said, I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. What's that other one? The, The other super expensive putter, uh, Pettinardi? Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are sweet, too. 
Yeah, they're expensive too. What's um, the deal with those uh, uh, Japanese clubs? Those home homas or whatever the hell? Yeah, they kind of their 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 stock sunk after Rose used them for a year and quit using them. Well, why are they twenty grand for a set of clubs? I don't know, man. PXGs are the same. Jesus Christ. PXG will be on a future episode. Somebody asked us that one, so that'll be on a future one. But let's let's wrap this this segment up for now, and we'll get into uh, the free ad, and then we'll get into the second part of the show. Tonight's free ad is brought to you by Beard and Brawn Beard Cream. They have a ton of different products um, for the beard and the brawn, whatever the heck that means. But um, I would say one thing that's definitely underrated is a good beard cream. I went a lot of years with a beard without this stuff, and uh, I can I can sure notice the difference now. It's made with all natural ingredients: shea butter, cocoa butter, hazelnut oil, etc. But the coolest thing about this is it's made in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And I also have been using it for my hair. I haven't had any hair gel or hair paste in my mop now for since COVID started, which was in mid-March. And so I just put a little bit of this in my beard and rub a bit through my hair and I'm good to go. Even on the days where I don't wear a hat, the stuff, it doesn't hold much, but it just kind of it keeps its shape. So beardandbrawn.ca, they got a ton of good stuff on there. And if you're uh, into that kind of stuff, check them out. Another great Manitoba company. Boom. Right on. If I know the listeners can't see, but like I can't grow a beard. So it's kind of irrelevant to me, but what the, I have the heard. point I was trying to make is for the hair. That's, I mean, everybody's heard of beard cream and stuff, but I've been using it in my hair a little bit. A little bit of my hair, but I've had a rough week. And uh, I don't know, it has no chemicals in it, which I'm a big fan of. And it, it doesn't have like the jelly look like hair gel does. It just mm. kind of adds a little bit of shine and a little bit of hold without being a hair product. So check it right. out. I'll check your brawn. Perfect. What do you got first tonight on the corner drums? On the corner? Uh, I'll do like a relatively quick one here. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are uh, stand-up comedy fans or not. Um, But my culture corner is going to be a uh, recommendation of uh, one of my... I think he's probably in my top three right now for stand-up. And uh, this... He put a special out on YouTube. It was... I think it's maybe two or three months ago now. Um, And his name is Mark Norman. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. He's done some... uh, some late night spots. Um, he's been on Rogan a few times. Moe's brother? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's got his own podcast called Tuesdays with Stories. He's uh, he's a quirky dude. Um, the best way to get into him is uh, YouTube Mark Normand. So that's N-O-R-M-A-N-D. Uh, Cleveland. And he uh, they have him on like a morning show to promote his his stand-up uh, in Cleveland, and he kind of goes all off the rails on this woman reporter, and it's pretty funny. He's pretty uh, he's pretty quick-witted. Says some like off-the-wall shit, but it's nothing like too controversial or anything. 
Um, so that's mine for uh, for this week is uh, check out Mark Norman. Um, his YouTube special is called uh, Out to Lunch. He's a bit goofy. He's a bit kind of Jerry Seinfeld-y, but like a little more R-rated. It's so good to watch that stuff every now and then. It keeps you light, eh? Yeah, it's just easy a, watching, too. I watch a lot of stand-up. It's easy watching. Drums, what, what do you see his podcast was? You kind of went into uh, Wild Man Land there with your sound. What was oh, it did called? I? Tuesday Sorry. something? Tuesdays with stories. With story. Yeah. Stories. Story. Gotcha. It's a weird name. I don't even and know. Said, like what it you is. said he's your top three right now. Yeah. Who's your top two? Chappelle? Uh, Bill Burr and then Chappelle's number one. I've heard so many good things about Bill Burr. Unreal. He's so funny. He's really good. He's unreal at rants. Like he just goes off. Did you say Bill Burr super fast or are the things really speeding up on here or something? It did. It did go really fast a second there, but it seems like it calmed down now. Okay. I might have had a seizure. Didn't you take speed before the the, uh, show too? Yeah, keep up. It's just starting to kick in. Don't you know that? Come on, guys. Get on my level. I got things to do. Hurry. <laughs> hey, I'm trying, trying to keep this a PG-13 podcast, and you guys are talking about F-bombs and speed and who knows what else. Are you guys done? Yeah, what do um, you got in the junk drawer tonight first, drawer? Okay. <laughs> hey. This is like the start of the Eminem song that I never really understood until I was 20 years old. Um, where where are we right now? I think my dad's gone <laughs> crazy. Get into your junk drawer. Drunk, junk drawer. Tonight's is, uh, it's something that I've been, that we've been struggling with quite a bit, actually. Regal might not see this as much on uh, the Dolphin side of things, but um, with the new website and, and things going on, we've been shipping quite a bit of stuff. Lots of uh, head covers, obviously, lots of sweaters and shirts. But um, hats have kind of been something that has been extremely painful. And, and I think that we're definitely not losing money, but we're almost breaking even on our hats right now that we're selling out of town. Just because it cost 15 or $20 to ship a single hat. Um, and I've talked to a few different people that, that have experience in this stuff. And they said that they, they don't have a solution for it either. They buy boxes in bulk, which costs, you know, $2 compared to five. So they're still paying 12, 13, 14 bucks to ship a hat. So when you're paying 35 or $40 for a hat, and then you have to pay $15 for a shipping, like if it's me buying it, I'm probably not buying it. So my invention tonight, it's a back to the inventions, is something that you could ship a hat in reasonably, reasonably because the boxes that I've seen have so much space in it for a hat, and a hat weighs what a Nothing. pound. If that, but yeah, you need to buy that. a box big enough so it doesn't get all bent and sh- and out of shape. And that's what they base their stuff on is the weight and the measurements of the box. So it's, it's insane. So it'd be nice if they had, if somebody could invent a box that just kind of like folds up into a very, I don't know, 
a very more shipping friendly way to do it. Um, and I don't know what the exact design on that would be. And, and and I don't, I haven't done a whole lot of research on it, but the people that I talked to, I think are quite well versed in the, in the shipping and have done for a few years. So it seems to me like there's nothing in the world that does that. So I would say if you've heard of it, please let me know. And if you haven't try to come up with a solution for it, but it would just be something that would ship a hat without costing 15 bucks. I'm going to go off the rails here, Okay. but do you think we're going to get to a point where everybody's going to have like a 3d printer and then whatever you buy online, it, like they just send it to your printer and you just get that shit like immediately. I think we're probably a few years away from that slash like closer than you think. Hey? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how close, especially in Manitoba, it would be like, if it happened tomorrow in Tokyo, it would be 15 years before it came to Canada or to Manitoba. Maybe it's already happening there though. Who the hell knows? Yeah, but you don't need, like, you just need the printer. You can buy it from wherever you want and just print that shit. So, mm-hmm. true. Yeah. <clears throat> Hopefully not for our sake, but who knows? Well, that saved you on the, on the shipping. You just send them the hat and it prints out at their house. Yeah, yeah it is nuts. insane though to me that that it's fifteen dollars to ship a hat. So um, the invention is—I don't know the exact specifics of it, but something that because there's up until this this decade, maybe there hasn't been a whole lot of people that have shipped hats, right? Because you just you want a hat, you go down to the mall or the sports store or something like that. But there's so many new retail or um, brands popping up that I'm guessing sell a ton of hats online, but. That seems you know, like a ton I, of money. Just thinking, I don't know. And I, I I haven't done my research either, but I don't know. I'd like to do it tonight to see how many companies actually sell hats online. I'm not saying they don't, a but lot. Yeah. is there a lot? Yeah. Well, like the Dynasty Curling brand that we that we work with here in Brandon, like the TriStar, they ship hats worldwide. I've never bought a hat online. Yeah. But, I mean, there's probably lots of people that have. Anyways, I... I I think that you'd be onto something just based on you talking to people who distribute a lot of hats. Like you said, they mm-hmm. would obviously buy into your shit if they can save 10 bucks per hat. Like that's substantial. If you could find mm-hmm. some way, because it's not like the weight's way up there. It's just the size that they, they go off of. And it's funny. They're not more lenient on that, but I guess it does take up more space in their, mm-hmm. their building and their deliveries that they, they kind of have to. Yeah. Basically yeah. a hat, a hat envelope. Yeah. Hat envelope. Right. Hat envelope. TM. Hat envelope. I like that. All right. Rigo, so what's it. stroke saver tonight, buddy? On tonight's stroke saver, um, keep thinking of things that I, I do and I don't really realize. But I, me and Dad were at the cabin one night this summer, and I kind of he was really struggling chipping, and he didn't know what to do, and I just wanted to keep it as simple as I could for him, and and also myself because I had a couple golf tournaments when I got nervous and my chipping kind of went a little out of whack so I I, I kind of tried to find something for chipping just to keep it as simple as I could so basically my tip tonight uh it's, it's going to be a little different for me because I'm a lefty uh when I chip I always want to make sure that my right arm stays straight so that's my leading hand so it's a leading hand for whatever hand you are and Basically, however hard you want to hit it, you just take the club back that far. 
and you follow through this exact same way with your with your leading hand straight. And so say that you want to hit a low driving shot into a bank. You just close your face a little bit, but your leading arm doesn't change. And so basically, if you want to hit a high shot, you open the face, but still you can't bend your, your leading hand because that's when you get into all sorts of troubles and you start pulling it and pushing it. And I mean, Jordan, you saw firsthand just how well it worked for dad. I mean, he kind of became an up and down machine at the end of the year. Yeah. But so, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to explain. I'd rather, uh, I, I hope in the future here to uh, post a video on YouTube for, uh, to explain it in a video, but basically it just keep it. All you got to do is focus on just keeping your lead hand, your lead arm straight all the way through impact and the results, like everything will be right online. And it's, now are, it's crazy. Are you following basically right through to the pin with your, your hand? Yes. Yeah. yeah right down See, the target. I kind of started doing that at, uh, at the end of the year this year too. And it, it helps incredibly basically uh, another way to look at it too i guess i'm kind of thinking as i'm going here but you always want to make sure your arm stays straight but basically the back of your of your leading hand the, the back of the palm if it if it follows through towards the target that's what you want and you want your arm to stay straight and you'd be amazed at how well it keeps your chips on target it's it's crazy and i would say that's probably my this, best part of my game is my short game and I I just kind of want to get that out to the listeners just how to keep it simple just to save strokes around the greens I like that one that's a good one Can't I can't wait till you get to go on your uh, Butch Harmon get your Butch Harmon on yeah have you <laughs> directed videos yeah now here's what you want to do okay yeah. no but that's that's all, <laughs> honestly one of my favorite tips and it saved dad probably well he's I mean he was shooting low 80s by the end of the year just because he's just dialed around the greens like it's impressive nice love it yeah the stroke saver has been a popular one for sure i've had a lot of people text me and i never thought they ever would but i mean you're a good golfer for sure but you kind of talk to the people i'm not trying to reinvent the wheel it's just a right little tips that help save shots here and there it's not going to change their entire swing but it's it's just little little tidbits that i find help along the way yeah i think that you speak um you speak for the people because you're not a professional and you've never had any actual formal training in the in the game so it's just based purely off of your experiences and your failures and successes and helping other people so it's, it's nothing out of a textbook or um anything like that it's just what's worked right so i think that that's why People seem to like it. Definitely. All right. Question time. We, we haven't done this for a couple weeks now, so this will be uh, nice to get back into. Um, drums, what do you have tonight? Tee it off? Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, who was your first celebrity crush? Well, with the with the WAP video that's been going on, I've been kind of talking about Christina Aguilera and WAP. That, uh, yeah, WAP. You know WAP, isn't it WAP? Yeah, WAP. Yeah, and I said we WAP, don't need whatever. to. We, no, we don't need to. We don't need to, to, uh, to uh, describe what it means. 
Wap. Wap. I don't doesn't, know. Whatever it actually doesn't matter. Get into your crush. No, Wap would be W-O-P. <laughs> it's like, is this a real argument? <laughs> Who gives a shit what it is? We, you guys both know what you're talking about. I'd say Christina Aguilera. The reason I say WAP, the reason I say WAP is because I said if you want to see something, an actual video, watch Christina Aguilera. Dirty boxing, yeah. So that would be it. Or I also had a a poster of Shania Twain in leopard print um, lingerie on my wall as a kid. So I'm gonna go Shania Twain in her prime. I had a. Pretty big crush on uh, Hillary Duff, <laughs> Liz, Liz McGuire. She was probably my well. I mean, you said first. I mean, I, I didn't have my first crush when I was seventeen. This was like twelve <laughs> or thirteen. I, I had a crush on Liz McGuire. Who said seventeen? Well, it's Shania Twain. You didn't have a picture of her lingerie on your wall when you were twelve, for sure. Maybe he Bullshit. did. Strathclair man. <laughs> okay, it I'm was. sure Mom let that happen in grade seven. <laughs> Laundry on the wall. Mom, when you hear this text, she listens. She'll tell. Who's yours, Trumps? I can't believe you guys uh, didn't say Kelly Kapowski. Good point. Saved by the bell. I wasn't that big into it. You'd have been pretty young. Uh, I wasn't really either, actually. Really? I was more into Francine from Arthur. Jesus. (laughs) Hey, and Trumps, Trumps, that's why I wasn't into it. (laughs) I didn't get to watch anything that Jordan watched, so yeah, <laughs> I was more of a little Lulu oh, guy yeah. when I was uh, seven. Here a little go. Here Lulu. Comes a, <laughs> here comes the violence for you. Oh yeah, here we go. What's a little Lulu? Um, little Lulu. It was a show. Never heard of it. Anyways, sure. What do you got? My question tonight is, what would be your Nightmare foursome. Of pro players? Oh, of anybody. Oh, I can't see anybody. I I don't want to get myself into trouble. Well, I'm going to go. Maybe local people. Like, are you talking golfers, though? Yeah, anybody who you wouldn't want to golf with. Well, Patrick's there for sure. No good shit. Patrick Reed? Yeah. Uh, Ian Poulter's probably in there for me, too. I never have liked him. And okay, I well, yeah, think... let's, for simplicity, just stick with PGA players only, then. That's fine. Okay, and then my third would be... Uh, I, I hate to shit on the guy because he does so much for the PGA, but, I mean, if I'm golfing with a PGA player, Zach Johnson is one that I would not want to golf with. So those are my three. Why? Why? What's wrong with him? Yeah. Oh, I just want to punch him in the face. I don't know why. Always have. Punch the size of your face. For free. For free. <laughs> Drums? <sighs> uh, Patrick Reed, for sure. Um, I can't... Oh, what the hell is his name? You know who I wouldn't like is uh, I never did like VJ, so I'd cancel VJ off my list. There was always something about him that he just seemed like a dick. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think of people I didn't really like. I don't like Bubba either. I'm off Bubba. <laughs> oh, <What? laughs> you can't not go with Bubba. Hey, drums. Um, could you kind of just backtrack a bit because you were back? You were going crazy. <laughs> what? You're glitching so bad there. <laughs> well, fuck. Now I can't even remember who I said. No, I know what you said. You said Reed, VJ, VJ and Bubba. Bubba. Why VJ? I don't know. I didn't like the hype around him. Um, I think it was because he was kind of the closest one at the time back in the day to Tiger. So I, I don't know. It was either Tiger or He was the nobody. villain, yeah. Yeah. So I've always had kind of a hate on. And Sergio Garcia has always bugged me. So that's my, my threesome or my uh, foursome, me. I'm big four. No, You're golfing or not? Yeah, me, VJ, Patrick Reed, and. Uh, Bubba. Oh, yeah, I forgot Bubba. Okay, yeah. Anyways, well, the glitch threw four. me off. I got, I you got, got scrambled it's here. It's all good. Sure, I'm going with I'm going with JB Holmes just because he's the slowest oh, human on yeah. earth. Shit. And then I'm gonna go with Matthew Wolf. What? Really? Yeah, there's a couple reasons for that. I think that uh, if he's hitting the ball 100 yards past me every shot, I wouldn't like that very much. And I just, I, I've watched a few charity events and stuff like, you know how they're doing like the Tuesday events nowadays yeah. where they just kind of go out and raise money for charity. And I, something about him just really irritates me. He has a, a, a very annoying voice and he just like. Yeah, he know. is kind of a baby actually. He seems kind of doofy. Yeah. 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 So Matthew Wolf, and then for my last one, I don't really know, probably. Brandel Chambly. Did he, he did he golf in the PGA? Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a tool too, so Yeah, he does. That's it. Brandel. Okay, mine's pro well mine would be the exact opposite of yours tonight, sure. Favorite hmm. golfer on tour outside of Tiger. I'm getting. Uh, well, this weekend I was actually cheering for Wolf. He might be my favorite one to watch right now, just because there's so much going on with him. Oh yeah, his swing's an absolute gong show. He hits it a mile. Like I find him more entertaining than Bryson. I think just from his swing. Yeah. But he's he's at least my favorite to watch is probably Wolf right now. I got a close tie between I actually I know who Rigo's gonna say, and I really like Xander for sure. I think that he's grown a lot on me this past year. Um but mine would be a split between Sanjay and Bryson. And I think that I guess Bryson wouldn't necessarily be my favorite, but I'm I just, I, I'm so fascinated by his brain and I don't know, like when you have guys like Tiger Woods coming up to you and Phil Mickelson, probably the, arguably the, some of the greatest golfers of all time, Tiger would be for sure, but Phil in there too, asking him questions about different stuff he's trying and um, hit one of his idols growing up or his idol growing up was Mo Norman, which is 
pretty cool, I would say. Yeah. And uh, I just would be fascinated to, to talk to him. I guess, sorry, this isn't who would you like to play with. I do like Bryson. He's fun to watch. He impressed the shit out of me on the weekend. And Sonny's just a good time. So I'm going to go Sonny or uh, Bryson. I'm going to go Rory. Rory's? Rory's incredible. He's just – he's such a likable guy. When have, Like, when have you ever just thought to yourself, man, I don't like that guy? Yeah, true. Like, he's just like – Chubby Rory? <laughs> <laughs> With that yeah, Jew, that the Jew curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, uh, Jor, um, probably you got a couple, so I'm going to say, uh, Shoffley's definitely up there. He's just such a cool guy. Yeah. There's just so many good golfers. You could go on and on. Ricky, Morikawa, yeah, Sonny. Like, there's just so many guys right now. But I would say, if I'm not cheering for Tiger, I'm cheering for Rory. It, uh, Rory was a bit of a whiner was, for a while. Was, was, he, was he not? Was yeah, he's um, like the farthest thing from it now. He's yeah, like, the- and and it, it's it's funny that you say that because honestly, if you asked me that question, even a year ago, maybe maybe two years ago, max, I would have said, if Tiger's not playing, I'm not watching golf, and that's that would have been my story. Yeah, it's changed so much, man. Golf is so entertaining now with everybody. So it's good. It's really good for the game because there was a while there when Tiger was on the on the fritz and I didn't know how honestly how the PGA was going to do for the next 10 years, but it's good to see. We said all those names and you got like the most likable guy ever, DJ who hits it a ton and and has like, yeah. And Phil like just, Oh man, it's such a good time to be a golf fan. I did want to say, uh, I read a crazy tweet today. It was, uh, the golf equipment retail sale sales were $331 million in August which is 32% increase over last year. That's wild. Wow. The game of golf is going in the right direction. That's for damn sure. Oh, yeah. It's a bonus. So it's definitely getting more popular. So that's, that's good. It's a, it's a good time to have a golf podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and with that's that, I think, 13. Uh, I think we'll wrap things up here, boys. So yeah. uh, as always, thanks for joining us. Continue to uh, come and hang out with us. If you're if you're digging it, we'll keep doing it. Uh, peace out. We'll see you next week. Uh, take it easy. Love you, boys. See you guys. Love you, fellas.